0: 33 films, 5 television projects, several lost and canceled projects, and tons of ancillary films made up the largest boom in kaiju cinema history. This week, we will be discussing the tumultuous decade and looking back at what made the defining point in all monster movie mania. This is Kaiju vs. History, the 1960s Kaiju Recap.
1: Back to the podcast. This is your happy hippie Patrick here, and joining me is a Silver Age superhero, Miles. How are you, Miles?
0: Doing well. It's wild that the '60s has finally come to an end. I, I thought we kind of be here
1: forever. Forever (laughs) forever. is. It is the longest, although not by like a ton, <laughs> the longest season of the podcast, the, the most kaiju movies in a single 10 year span. But yeah, we have been watching sixties movies this entire year. <laughs> it has taken us the better part of 10 months, maybe 11, I think actually of, you know, doing one of these per week to, to get through. The, the 1960s we had some special episodes we we talked a lot about kaiju television and have have done some kind of out of the way episodes as well like our kaiju lost media special for our, our one year anniversary but
0: our christmas
1: special yeah our all the uh the holidays special as well that uh, that that was in season one but we are going to have another one here before too long <laughs> but lot lots of specials like that but yeah we've been watching 60s films for the better part of this entire year <laughs> i'm i'm excited to to move on but like we did for for season 1 we're doing a wrap up of the entire decade and our podcast is we've divided into decades even though usually for japanese kaiju movies you have three major Eras of films from Showa to Heisei to the, 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 the later millennial films or Reiwa. Yeah. The the,
0: the millennial era is, I mean, we'll get, we'll definitely t- talk about that when it happens. The millennial, millennial era is interesting because technically it is still Heisei, but yeah. specifically for the Godzilla franchise, because it rebooted itself within that era. That collection of films has a different name than, say, your other series. <sighs> also, Gamera has a weird <laughs> thing with The Brave being kind of its own thing, but that's, that's not Neither a millennium film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it, it is interesting. So we're still in the midst of the Showa era. and Yeah, we're kind of in the middle of it almost. Yeah. It seems like even
1: though the, it started in 1954, of course, with Godzilla. The first season, we we did a few films that led up to Godzilla, but this one, I mean, kaiju are firmly established, really, when we start the 1960 films. Actually, there was no kaiju movie in 1960. I guess we start with 1961, but by this point, we had already had... Was that Gorgo or Konga? (laughs) Yeah, one of those two. Which I wouldn't call
0: Konga, but you know.
1: We already had Rodan and two Godzilla movies, and Theron, in the 1950s, so it was established kind of as a a genre, but this decade, it blew up. We had so many Godzilla movies, uh, I think.
0: Yeah, this is certainly the era that I feel like the the subgenre owes its its history to, because the success of the, specifically the success of the, the Toho Kaiju films and Gamera is what led to this genre being fully established. Because yes, you have a classic like Godzilla or 1954's Gojira, but that movie could have still existed on its own and never had a follow-up, mm-hmm. and we likely wouldn't quite have the genre as we know it. Well, not, but we wouldn't have the genre as we know it. But because the Godzilla franchise itself established itself and as a result we have the 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 Gamera uh, franchise and we started the we kickstarted this whole subgenre that still continues to this day i mean th- whether or not you like the films of this uh, this this decade you cannot argue with its legacy
1: yeah and the the eight Godzilla films that make up the 1960s you know almost one per year you know if you're adding in Stuff like Frankenstein Conquers the World and Mothra. You have even more. It really was the 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 core of those Toho sci-fi films. There are some other ones mm-hmm. in there, but the giant Daikaiju films made up the, the general kind of zeitgeist of the moment. And yeah, well, I want to celebrate that, talking about the 1960s. I, I first thought we'd Start by talking about the sixties in general, Miles. I had, I'm not a huge sixties fan. I I guess I'm not really very nostalgic for most any decade that I was not alive for, (laughs) but, uh, it has been very interesting seeing the decade through the scope of kaiju films, mostly Japanese and and other Eastern films, as opposed to all the 1950s America that we got in <laughs> giant monster films that were in the the drive-ins and stuff and in, in the last season. H- how have you? How have you enjoyed this season? Are you a big fan of these Showa era monster movies and in, in general? Do you think?
0: I mean, I, I certainly have a, a soft spot for them. Uh, at least the Japanese production, the uh, early decades British output is. <laughs> Not my favorite, I know I was kinder to Gorgo than I probably would be even today, but yeah, I mean i there's a lot of these movies that i i I enjoyed I mean, I think more often than not, I walked away from a nineteen sixties offering, enjoying myself this this decade certainly was much better received than the American garbage of the fifties. Uh, We did have a few films that did, you know, obviously really sink like the mighty Gorga, which was on par with a lot of those (laughs) 1950s American films. And, but I mean, we had a lot of great stuff and a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have seen if I hadn't been doing stuff for this show. Um, You know, I, I, Certainly, probably wouldn't have seen the Magic Serpent, which I personally really enjoyed. The movie was crazy. Dogura is one I
1: want to point out. Is you know, it was not even on my radar uh, until until I read about it and the a Honda biography. And you know, we obviously sought it out. And is is one of many of his films that are very underrepresented
0: because it just doesn't have Godzilla in it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, obviously, there there was. I mean, you know still even some stinkers from Japan like the X Matter Space for me but i mean movies that i would have never watched because i'm not as super into the character but i thought King Kong Escapes was really fun and yes there was i mean there was just a lot of really cool stuff including Latitude 0 which i had an absolute blast with overall mm-hmm. and i certainly would have never watched that you know or or not that i wouldn't have watched it but it wasn't on my radar because until I started reading more about Honda's life because of the biography that we, we got right before the podcast started, I feel like that was a film that was missing from my vocabulary. So there, there's there's a lot of great stuff. This, this decade isn't all hits, but there is a large quantity of films that are, I would say, over a five, which therefore are baseline good, you know? Yeah,
1: real quick before we, I go into the next question, I want to mention that I think by the time this or it might be early next year, there's going to be a paperback version of the Ashiro Honda biography by Godzowitski and Rifle that I'm hoping we get like maybe like a little mini update in it about about the the book and how it's done. But I'm just excited to to own another copy, uh, I I we've recommended that book enough, but I highly recommend that you check that out. If you have any interest in kaiju, it's it's definitely worth owning. You mentioned a couple of films I think had some some influence from other trends in filmmaking in the nineteen sixties. There were some pretty major cultural keystones that bled into kaiju cinema from New England's James Bond to other sci-fi epics in in the U S and other places you know, showing alien invasion, space exploration in a decade where we're also going to get a real life moon landing. Do you think there are any of these films that we missed out on getting into kaiju films, like any other things from the 1960s that, that you would have liked to have seen more of represented in these, these movies and these films? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean because we got a lot of aspects of what was popular like you said with similar James Bond stories or pulp hero stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a pretty good mixture. Uh especially within the big franchises, you got your good monster mashes, you had some cool sci-fi stories, you had some pulp adventure stories, you had you had wow. things that were attempting to be more metaphorical at least in terms of of you know where Japan was. Now Mm-hmm. Do I wish that the Western output had been more interesting or even more prevalent mm-hmm. other than making ripoffs? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wish there. I mean, you know, I wish we had gotten and we will talk about this one day on the unproduced era. I wish that the the Toho, I can't remember what studio it was, but the the relationship with the American studio had continued so that we got batman meets godzilla mm, yeah. that is a movie i would very much like to see i think the the rise of the live action superhero phenomenon which was beginning in in full force with you know Ultraman, but doesn't really completely explode until the 70s in its own right to, to me when you have the you know the ultra i think ultra seven is 1970
1: if i'm not mistaken yeah, and the the huge explosion of tokusatsu
0: television. Yeah, because then you've got Common Rider, Super Sentai, various. I think Jetman started in the seventies. There's a, not yeah. Jetman. Uh, I'm, I'm a Jam Person. That's uh, what I was thinking of. Uh There's there's a lot of wild stuff happening live action. But in terms of what I was kind of wishing we got, I I wish the West had learned from what made these monster movies great that we were getting from from Japan and not just trying to oh give me one of those yeah you know well, what, um, what do you mean by the west America and Britain Oh, right 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 so I mean there I
1: didn't get a lot of American films in general in the 1960s and but know, yeah, we're not examining other films from other genres but yeah they were probably the nineteen sixties in films is so so crazy in the United States. The studio system had kind of collapsed by that point. So there were these there were still these big epics, but when I think of nineteen sixties in film, I think of, you know, you're more independently financed and, and like
0: independent Filmmakers coming to the the forefront, there. right? And you also have the late sixties, which leads to the the quote unquote golden age returning at the seventies, where you have films like Bonnie and Clyde in the late sixties that are yeah. starting to you. You have you have certain movements in film where kind of altruistic films are becoming more popular in amongst the masses, which leads you to stuff like The Godfather and and such mm-hmm. coming out in the seventies. And so, I mean, I, I understand that that a lot of stuff was, you know, in a different spot, you know, but I still would have liked to have seen the films. I mean, the films we got from the West were Konga, Gorgo, Reptilicus, the <laughs> Muddy Conga, the muddy Gor- Gorga.
1: Gorgo and Gorga.
0: Yeah, I'm I I
1: getting tied up in my words there. <laughs> how,
0: how could you confuse those two right. very and different then, movies? And even though I might, might have been like kind of them as being baseline fine for what they were. There's just not an actual legitimate
1: offering. No, not really. Gorgo, yes, but not the others so much. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. This is Japan's decade. Obviously, we, we get some Korean films and, and, and films from, from elsewhere, but the vast majority of these films and television projects are from Japanese directors, writers. They might have co-financing with U.S. studios, but for the most part, these are, are Japanese films. Even King Kong versus Godzilla, very, very Japanese at its heart. And yeah, I, I feel like the quality uh, and, and our subsequent ratings have, have gone up because of that. Maybe one last thing for for the 1960s. Were you surprised either by how much or how little? Socio political commentary and history from from that decade made it into these films. And uh, maybe as a follow up question, did you have any favorite bit of kind of the real world turmoil?s that That did make it in. Bit, mm. bit of history that did make it in because you know there's massive protests all across the world against against war, against globalization, and political upheavals left and right.
0: I feel like the first gamma film. Because I remember asking this when it, when we watched it. This was our first proper Cold War era film. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, the I appreciated bomb. aspects of that popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if a lot of these movies quite hit their political points as well. Like we point we, we point out that they, they they certainly try them, and there's a lot of moments. Certainly Honda likes to be fairly political in the stuff that he does but yeah i'm trying to think uh i mean yeah we we, we've noted a lot of times where there was like real world things that were being represented but as far as representing the world itself i'm trying to think of one where i was like oh yeah this is a great example did did you have one
1: well I, i was about to say you know I think uh, Shiro Honda does put a little bit of, of the real world in all of his movies. Right. Or what he wants to see in the world. He projects kind of like a, a positive future image for, for a lot of these kind of science fiction films. I, I actually, I mean, surprise, surprise. It is a Gamera movie, but in Gamera versus Gauss, I, I really enjoyed learning the history about the, the airport protests and mm-hmm. how those were kind of represented in a negative light in that movie even though obviously i think there's there's something to be said for those farmers you know going up against the the government and trying to to hold off on this huge project of course with the hindsight of knowing that that would turn into kind of a bloody conflict between these protesters and and the Japanese government at that point it had not <laughs> gotten there, but it's interesting to see that captured and like I said, time capsuled into a film about a giant monster. You know, <laughs> like that was just a thing that was going on, and they kind of wrote it into the script.
0: Yeah, I I, um, I also do like the I mean honestly, well we just talked about all uh, with uh, last week's movie with mm-hmm. the lechki Kid and the yeah. further industrialization of japan be playing a major part which will feature into the 1970s I, I certainly think that these movies are at least you know the the godzilla franchise and the gamer franchise are still feeding off of what's going on in the in its own country i i think my favorite maybe just like even though it's 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 a political film but it's not as overt in some ways but probably mothra Mm, yeah, yeah, got a
1: got a great kind of characterization of greedy television
0: executives. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly film. a basic portrayal of you know the way people are and the how we treat our planet, which is what this this franchise and this you know kind of subgenre was born with. Oh yeah, but I think Mothra is just so good at the way it delivers its point and. Not that other movies are not, but I think that like that probably was my favorite in terms of like, I I did like aspects, like I said, in the first camera film where they have the kind of cold war opening, which was really interesting. But, you know, as far as the real world bleeding in it, I guess because I'm used to stuff that we have now in Mm -hmm. terms of it, it's a lot more subtle in some ways, or it's the lesson at the end of the movie. Whereas you know, now you'll have these through threads throughout the entire film. You know, like with with Shin Godzilla and the way its political commentary works, mm-hmm. and it's so. I think I think that that type of communication with some of the the political aspects is maybe still a little more opaque for me. Right. That doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that I'm I'm not a great watcher sometimes. <laughs>
1: Right. So the, the next segment I wanted to do in our, our recap is give a little bit of time to some of the movies that didn't make our list. And most of these are what I would say count as kaiju adjacent, even though we have added kaiju adjacent films to our list. It's usually Any because, giant monkey
0: movie. <laughs> well, sorry, I mean, what?
1: that also includes our our friend Mighty Joe Young. But obviously, we can't do every single just big animal film in right. general. King Kong makes it on the list because he turns into a guide But a couple of these movies we've already talked about in our Lost Films episode. So we're not going to touch on them too much. Bulgasari from 1962 and the Indian Gogola From 1966, don't have anything to talk about because we can't see them; they're lost. But yeah, some other movies that I think we were considering included 1961's *Mysterious Island*. Have you, have you, do you remember anything about this movie, Miles? This was a another Western film based on a Jules Verne novel.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was a kid, like
1: on on the Disney
0: Channel or something.
1: Yeah, I'd never heard of this before, but there's. There's some Ray Harryhausen stop motion action and
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember much from it at all. I mean, I literally have not seen this since I was a child but it was on one of those, because back in the day the Disney Channel didn't have the stuff it had now and would play a lot of older films and so did a lot of stations like it and I'm pretty sure I saw it on something at some point. I, I feel like if it wasn't this, it was something very, very similar. Because I, it is that name, and I'm very looking at familiar. The, yeah, yeah I, it's, the, it's it's
1: certainly looking. The image familiar. I grabbed in our notes are a bunch of men on on the beach fighting off a a truck bus sized crab. <laughs> There's some other large animals. Yeah, and, that, and that's. Uh, it, Absolutely very familiar to me. Another film that we have talked about in passing because it shared a lot of actors with Godzilla films was 1962's Kujira Gami. And if that is a, a little bit of a mouthful and sounds like what well, that sounds like God's Gojira, uh, Kujira is indeed the word for whale. Gami is God is the film Whale God from from 1962 and of course gojira is a mix up of gorilla and whale the the words for those two animals and this is indeed a historical epic about a giant evil whale kind
0: of moby dickish
1: kind, M- moby dickish yeah i think it's more uh, it is very similar in like it's supposed to be possessed of maybe an evil spirit in the village kind of goes out to try and slay this as it's, it's killed several fishermen who've tried to take on the whale itself. Very Kaiju adjacent, I would say very similar. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of different features for the whale God itself, but like all the movies on this adjacent list, I do want to watch them eventually and see if there's any bleed over. I just don't think they rate enough on our list of, you know, what makes a Kaiju movie to, to, devote an entire episode to let's put it right. that way and that includes the next one on our list maybe maybe you have seen this one i've seen bits and pieces of it 1965's matango i've seen clips
0: from it i have not seen the film itself yes
1: well this could have gone on our list because this is another Ashiro honda directed film this is a horror film about these people that explore a it's an island or a cave, I forget. But they they find. So I think it's an island. They they find a island of these mushroom people. None of them are are particularly large. They're just kind of rubber monster seats, you know, medium sized or you know seven or eight foot sized monsters that are 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 wandering around here, but. If you are interested in more of a Shira Honda, I'd say that's a place to look in and, and some of his nineteen fifties films as well. But
0: Yeah, I I it's one that's on my list because any any Honda film that we can get our hands on, I wanna see, sci-fi or not, I think he's just a tremendous director. Uh it's a movie that I know Steven Soderbergh had wanted to make for a while. A re- uh re- reimagining of it. Yeah, but he apparently could not uh, reach a deal with Toho, and which oh, doesn't man. surprise me. Toho is, you know, uh, especially in recent years, a little more stringent after what happened in 1998. So <laughs> why, Miles? Why? Uh, well, I, we'll, well, we'll get to that, <laughs> and we might have another all monsters attack situation uh, with me. But I, I, this is one that I'm extremely interested in. I think that. I've I've been super into, and this is what I was really appreciative about this this decade. I was really really into seeing, even though if Patrick and I had some discussions about how they weren't really kaiju movies, but because Ishirahana directed them and they're sci-fi, it's close enough. Yeah, well, I'm kind of surprised we didn't put this one on there. If we put Gorath on here, even though you <laughs> have like two seconds of a walrus. Big old walrus on that. I one. Yeah. I have really one of my favorite things about this show so far is being able to, or not being able to, but taking the time to watch Ishiro Honda's other science fiction films because I think they're really, really fascinating and interesting films. And this is this is one that I I I have been trying to, I've been meaning to make time for for a while. If it's half as fun as
1: Latitude Zero, then it's going to be worth. Worth your hour and a half for sure. Yeah, I, I actually, I, like I said, I've seen bits and pieces of Matango and oh, I've be. enjoyed it. So, yeah, definitely one I'm going to check out. One that we didn't put on this list and we won't put on this list of kaiju films are the 1967. We had our first Ultraman compilation film, which was called Ultraman Monster Movie Feature. We did not put it on our list because we already talked about the entire first season of Ultraman, which that movie draws from. It's episodes one, eight, and I think the two finale episodes, I want to say. So it is Mm -hmm. like an encapsulation of the first season. We didn't do that for Johnny Sacco. We talked about the the compilation film instead, Um, and that's just because it's a little easier to to get some of those and and not others and they they start doing these compilation movies in the 70s for almost like every season i feel like or they they do it a great deal and yeah i mean like i said we, we could easily turn this into an ultraman podcast but it would
0: kind of push out yeah you you're, you're going to get stuff. no argument from me on watching some uh <laughs> some ultraman yeah, there,
1: there's there's so
0: much it would it would really take over over time,
1: <laughs> but Ultraman is so important in his own right. You know, I think I think people should just seek him out if you want to watch seasons and, and these compilation movies and see how they stack up. I highly recommend it. I've got seasons on Blu-ray that I am am slowly moving through, and they're great. They are exactly what you think they are. They are really shrinking down these giant monster movies and making them work on the big uh, or on the small screen. They're a ton of fun. So I don't know if I'll get to this film.
0: Uh, I have some, yeah, I'm a big Ultraman fan. So I, I don't know if I'll get to this one. Cause I, you know, we watched the, the first season, but I, I understand why we didn't. And it would have likely been a very high ranking movie for me. <laughs> it did very well.
1: At the the box office for for what it was. Ultraman, super popular. they still make
0: Ultraman films. So um, that doesn't surprise me at all.
1: (laughs) There are two films from 1968 that we didn't look at. One of which was The Green Slime, which was another Toho. No. Is this a Toho film? This was a Japanese and... Oh, it's Toei. Japanese and U.S. co-production, Toei and uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer films. So it was another one of these kind of matchups. But it is about these very similar to Matango, human-sized, one-eyed, tentacle monsters. That it, it gets put in the giant monster category every once in a while because they are they're big. But it is a sci-fi epic. Like I said, adjacent, not at all. Really have kaiju in them. Same same way with Yokai Monsters, 100 Monsters. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast, but it's a an Oni movie and it's like mm-hmm. ghosts kind of spirits from Japan's like seventeen hundreds or eighteen hundreds period, I think, is when when the movie is set. Technical elements that we're disagreeing. Kind of, my,
0: my my personal enjoyment is objective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's <laughs> I, I will be the first to admit I'm extremely biased for, you know, things I'm nostalgic about, including Oh, hundred percent me too. Uh technical and the evocative scores for these films. Uh yeah, I've I've even written in my notes. Mostly subjective ratings. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we're looking at these in context of the movies around them, what they inspire, what are inspired, what what inspired them, how they work for moving the genre forward. So that being said, very hard for 10 out of 10s or zero out of 10s to appear on a grading scale. And in fact, for our podcast, Miles, maybe you already know this. There are no 10 out of 10s in the 1960s. Is
0: that No, there aren't. We got very very close. <laughs> well, you did not give
1: out a 10. So you're you're holding nope. back these 1960s. No.
0: Nope. And I mean there there might be some movies that I give 10s to that are going to call my my objective uh what? personal enjoyment into question. <laughs> yeah, but
1: to be fair, we in the last season, the 19 up to the 1959 year in film we only had a single 10 out of 10 score and even that wasn't perfect because i didn't give a perfect 10 out of 10 but that's of course 1954's original godzilla film gojira so yeah nothing has really surpassed that yet and i think i kind of agree I, i i do have some tens that i gave out but yeah in the 1950s the average podcast score was 6.3. That seems high, but I'm not entirely shocked. I, I was, I was surprised of maybe that, that low. I will say taking a look at our averages now for the 1960s, both of us have raised our average. And I think the podcast average has raised. Oh, I, I guess I haven't done this full math yet, but both of our averages for, for the scores have raised 0. 0.8 of a point. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. And let me do the math real quick because we, we just got done with our, our old monsters attack action. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And our, our podcast averages up 0. 0.7. Over the, the films of the 1950s. That, does that make sense? Uh, is it, it the, the films are of better quality, obviously, than the, the 19, up to the 1950s, uh, films. Yeah. So are the, I, I would say there were a lot of fives and sevens in the 1950s. And this decade, there's more sevens, six, sevens and eights than, than anything else, if that makes sense. In the 1950s, your average was a six and mine was a 6.5. And yeah, we, we went up a little <laughs> in the 1960s. Yours was 6.8 and mine 7.3, I think. Yeah. 7.3. So almost one whole point over the, the prior decade, which I'm not super surprised by that. It is
0: quite a leap though, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not surprised at all. We had far, far, far better movies, <laughs> better, better films,
1: even though we started off pretty low. Let's talk about the worst first, I think our bottom five. So we're going to ascend on this or I guess descend on this list from five to one. But that is going to be indeed the fifth worst film down to the worst film. By our rating scores. And yeah, some honor mentions The X from Outer Space, Voyage into Space, Gap of the Triphibian Monsters all got sixes out of 10. And including last week's All Monsters Attack, well, also got a six. But those were some of our lowest outside of these top five, which is pretty surprising, actually. But those are, I, I kind of enjoyed some of those
0: films. Mm hmm. But yeah, let, let's take a look well, at Well, I mean that, that speaks volumes to the quality of the of the movies that we watch when yeah. you know some of the bottom of the barrel were still good. Yes, the the five worst are rated a 5 or less.
1: So they are what we would still consider good, but they get they line. get worse as we're going to yeah, descend here. Number 5 is a film I honestly thought was going to have a higher rating than than it did, but is indeed one of our lowest is 1967's young Gary Korea's first film really in, in these entries here that we were able to,
0: to look at. Were you, were you surprised by that as well? Miles? Not really. No. no, I, I mean, we both gave that one a five and I mean, which means it's a baseline good, but like, I just, I had a tougher time with that one and I'm, I'm not surprised to see it where it is. Uh, okay. I mean, it certainly doesn't deserve to be lower, but it, it, it's certainly not one of the stronger entries of the decade. So I'm I'm fine with that. I mm-hmm. didn't love my time with Young Gary.
1: Agreed. Number four, uh, we talked about these European films <laughs> starting off the 1960s pretty low. The next one is 1961's Reptilicus, which I believe also got a uh, a five for uh, from both of us, maybe.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of curious going in because, you know, I had previously seen this movie because of its inclusion in the newer Mister Science Theater canon. And mm-hmm. so I thought, OK, same, you know, same thing with Young Gary. I'm curious to see how this is outside of it, because, you know, with the jokes and stuff, it's a very palpable movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. And without it, it is a slog. <laughs> it is boring. It's lazy. It's I mean it's hand in hand with this like maybe on the better end of the stuff from the 50s but I, I it's still just a a weak weak entry in in kaiju stuff.
1: Yeah, and that goes maybe even more so for the other film in 1961 number 3 on our list, Konga, Konga Miles. And it's so funny because we we, we thought that was going to be like the worst of the decade and looking back on it is it, it was such a fun experience. To have once. I don't think I want to go
0: back to it. Right. But, it uh, is a it is a one-timer. I actually like this movie more than you did. Um, <laughs> yes. possibly because of the very fun performance by Michael Goh. Yeah, no. Uh, Michael Goh. Is uh, it Goh or Goff? I forget. I don't
1: know, but, to be but honest. He's Alfred. Alfred <laughs> in the the uh, 1989 <laughs> Batman. Yeah, no, I, I had but, this I had this pretty high, I think, for personal enjoyment, but it is a technically bad film oh a lot of
0: that well, i mean again my feelings on giant eight movies are well documented i don't think i need to say more
1: well th- this is barely a giant ape It's he's only a giant ape at the very end and <laughs> yes it is well, it is supported my, by my tolerance for eight
0: movies in general with mighty joe young notwithstanding still <laughs> number two on our list
1: and while we scored this as a film, you know, we kind of watched it as a, a series, and I would like to give it more credit than it got from us because of that. But I don't know, even even <laughs> if we looked at this as a, a television series, it was quite bad. Uh, 1968's Aegon the Atomic Dragon. I'm so happy that we added this to this list. Well, because it's kind of a mystery for a lot of people, you know?
0: I'm I'm glad that you're happy. I I I did not have a great time with this one. I I liked I liked I did I did like watching it, honestly, all jokes aside. I liked watching it from a historical and academic perspective. Watching something episodic, like a miniseries from the time period was actually interesting. I just wish the movie was yep this
1: is one of your lowest scores for for the decade uh, oh but not the lowest <laughs> at a four yeah i gave and I gave this a five I gave congo a four you gave it a a five but yeah uh, do you wanna announce number one? I think people
0: <laughs> probably remember i a few I, weeks I, I ago. think it is to no one's surprise that nineteen sixty nines schlocky, awful honestly not even so bad it's good not even fun to watch as a train wreck with beers and friends the mighty gorga this this movie certainly the lowest of the decade it's one of the least favorite that i have watched and i think you asked me if i would rather watch the beginning of the end or maybe the deadly claw no yeah whichever the, whichever the one I, said, I, yeah. I I picked whichever fifties crap that you asked me, I would a hundred percent watch again before I watched the money Gorga.
1: Yeah. You um, gave a two to both of those films, but I feel like this one's a little more deserving. Of yeah. The two I, I than actively than hated this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think I hate it. It just like, there was so little to, to latch onto. And despite it really, stealing from a lot of of areas it didn't do any of them justice it it earned that number one spot hardcore here in the 60s but this is the, it, it was great to add this to the list because this is the anomaly this is just so weird that it's it's here that it, it exists and it came to fruition and uh yeah it, it proves just <laughs> how wide a a gap there are between the, the Japanese monster movies of the same year, not even the same decade, the same year of 1969, Destroy All Monsters, Gamma vs. Gairon, and then in the U.S., The Mighty Gorga. You know, obviously, the we, we are dunking on this film a little bit. It is a micro-budget, independently produced and, and shot film, but it's it, not even good for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you can see our scores there. Definitely at the bottom, but let's talk about the best movies now, our top five favorite films of the 1960s, and some of these, I didn't go back and look at exactly what our scores were from like all three of those elements, but I will say five of the films that we looked at this season, we gave, as a podcast, a nine out of ten. Like I said, there are no ten out of tens, but five films got a nine out of ten. I, th- I kind of thought there would be more than that, I guess. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I was surprised. We had, let's see, nine films that got an eight out of 10. So there, there were a lot of more also great films, but only, only five of them got a nine out of 10. And I think I'm, I'm waiting some of those forward because I gave out two 10 out of 10s. But besides that, we're going to talk about the, the rest of them. Honorable mentions. Thank you. What did you give Daimajin? Did you give it a oh, you gave Daimajin a nine? I gave it. A uh, I only gave it an eight. Gamera versus Viros, I think, was the, the opposite. I think I gave it a nine. You gave it an eight. Uh, and Eberahar of the deep all got eights out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple other eight out of tens that would easily round out a top ten. But we we're only talking about top five. And let, let's start with number five, which uh, I was actually surprised that it was this high because it's not really my favorite. But uh, number five, we got Ghidra the three-headed monster. Mm-hmm. I gave it an eight. You give it a nine. It is lauded by many fans as sometimes the best of the 1960s and also the entire Showa era. And in a lot of people's number one slots for personal favorites, do you think it's, it's deserving here? Be on this this top five
0: yeah i think it certainly deserves to be on the list i mean as i said in that episode i i understand that people love this movie it's the it's not my favorite of of the 60s or even of the franchise i think it is a pretty strong movie i mean like i said i gave it an eight which means it's a great no. movie but yeah i'm 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 kind of oh. middle of the road on this one I, I i do very much like it i think it is a great movie but it's it's certainly not my favorite of the franchise, and I, I prefer the, the next entry much more. It's yes. it's certainly a very fun movie, and it deserves to p- probably be in the top five of this deca- decade for sure. Yes. I'm sorry. I think I might have said I gave it a nine. You gave it eight. Yes, you
1: gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. So that that that's why that's at number five. Our next film, number four, we both gave nines, and it's 1962's Mothra. Were were you surprised by this one's ranking?
0: Yeah, I, actually, I, I would have put the, I would have thought this would have been a little higher. I think this movie is superb. I think it's excellent. I know you, could I think have you gave, gave this 10 one, out of ten. If you wanted. I think you, I think I well I I still thought it wasn't quite there. I think I gave it straight nines. Right, uh, but I I think this movie is incredible. It certainly deserves to be in the top five. I would possibly put it maybe in the top three, depending what our top three are. But this is a fantastic movie.
1: Yep, I I agree there. It's definitely one that I think is, is deserving of this list. And so early in the decade, too, we really kind of peaked a bit early there with that one. Our number three film, I think I thought going into this season, like this time last year, this was going to be our 10 out of 10. For 1965's Invasion of Astro Monster, but we both had this as two nines—a nine from each of us. I feel like I gave personal
0: enjoyment a ten on that one.
1: It, that's very possible. It—I think we, we might have both given that, and where it dipped in the the, the technical aspects. You know, to be fair, that is the movie. I think of all Godzilla films with the least Godzilla screen time in it. Even though the two fights that we got were very fun, very fun monster action, you know, very fun film overall from top to bottom. It is it is so great though. It's just such a yeah, a fun I, sci-fi I, romp.
0: I I love this movie. It's uh, yeah. it's certainly one of my favorite Godzilla films and I have a very nostalgic spot for it. It's, it's one that I certainly grew up watching. I, it still holds up. I think, yes, I think we probably both pinged it for, I'm sure we did. So go back and listen to the episode. We probably pinged it for some of its technical aspects, which it deservedly gets, but yeah, I, I absolutely adore this movie. It's, it's so much fun.
1: And the, the next one on the list, I think I'm, I'm, Pushing my thumb on the scale of it to get to number two, because I gave this at a ten out of ten, even though it is obviously a flawed, like all the other the rest of them was nineteen sixty nine's Gamma versus Gyron. and for personal enjoyment, this is one of my favorite of the decade. I definitely gave it a ten out of that. It's not a perfect ten, not a a full ten, but you also gave it a nine, um,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: also gave versus virus a nine, which which I ranked a little bit. Oh No, you gave versus Vyros an eight. Sorry. Do you, do you think this is worthy of being here in the, the top three miles?
0: I'm certainly glad to see uh, Gamera represented. I think I remember enjoying, personal enjoyment, enjoying virus more because right. the kids were much better, but you can't deny the monster action that is in Nineteen sixty nine's Gamma versus Gyron. So oh, I, I, I certainly understand why it's here, and I, I, I absolutely had a great time with it. I, I just, I wish, <laughs> I wish that the kids from Vyros were in this movie. <laughs> but I love Barbella, Flo Bella, <laughs> and one of my favorite monsters,
1: and Which, yeah, maybe surprising or not surprising, our number one film is another one that I gave a ten out of ten. Not a perfect ten. You gave a nine out of ten, and maybe not one a ton of expected people expected to be here at the top. But that is ten years after the original Gojira. We got another matchup film in nineteen sixty four's Mothra versus Godzilla. Do you think Mothra versus Godzilla is better than the original Mothra? Mm. We've we've got it ranked up there. I I do. I personally think it's
0: it's a lot. I would lot need to watch time. them both again because it's been such a while yeah. since I've watched either at this point. I uh, I remember my scores for Mothra versus Godzilla and Mothra. I know because I'm looking at them. I I mm-hmm. gave Mothra a higher score. I I said the the technical aspect of of Mothra. I gave an eight. Cause I felt that Gar- uh, Godzilla was felt a little cartoonish and some of the stuff, uh, with the bank, uh, I mean, the, uh, the screen work looking a little shabby and uh, not the bank, but the, the, the screen work. And this is some overall oddities here and there, which I, I just kind of marked it for. I, I still gave it a, a personal nine and a cultural 10 for that one. Whereas Mothra got nines across the board. I I think I personally, gosh, I would really have to watch them both again because I, uh, I I kind of want to lean on Mothra, but I remember Mothra versus Godzilla being so much fun. Yeah. So it's it's hard for me to say. I'm I'm certainly not upset that it's here. I
1: I I think one of my most memorable moments of the entirety of the 1960s kaiju films is from Mothra versus Godzilla, and it's when the the bad guy of the film is is stuck in the collapsing building and sees Godzilla, you know, walking towards him in the distance. Such a great shot, so so memorable. And yeah, I, I had a blast with it. it is it is It was worthy of that that ten out of ten from me. Whereas probably Gamera versus Guyron is is just there because of how much I personally enjoy that film. But yeah, that's that's our top five list. Those are the. Five films that we rated a nine out of ten, which once more on our grading scale means, you know, exceptional, enriching, very transformative and well-crafted works of art. You agree with that, Miles? You agree with those? Yeah. Those five. I, I was surprised. I actually didn't didn't know. I, I, I honestly I thought we had more nines to to kind of put into contention. But those are our, our five all right, well, that's going to do it. Any any last thoughts on the the 1960s before we we wrap this up and we head straight into the 1970s?
0: I I think that uh I think it was a pretty good decade overall. I mean, obviously there, there was a rough start and once I think the the masters got involved, we we really kind of picked up in quality. I watched some incredible movies for this decade, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know, kind of the end of the Showa era. Uh, next, you know, next season, and where we go because we start going in some odd places from here on out. Not just in Japan, but monster movies and kaiju films uh, across the board uh, get weirder, to, get weirder and wilder from here on out. Oh yeah, we got some some wacky
1: ones to uh, to look at next. Yeah, the the sixties were were great. Our like I said, our podcast average of scores was seven point one. Which I don't know if I don't know if any decade that we're going to do any season of the show is going to reach past that. I'd be very interested. I would bet possibly, maybe the nineties, but who knows?
0: I I could see that happening. I I, I could see with especially with nostalgia uh, for some of these movies kind of creeping in because we're getting more and more to the films that I I have even a stronger connection with. I can see those scores getting higher, but the problem is we're not just covering a singular franchise or two singular franchises. There's a lot of weird stinkers that find them what their way in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of things you probably haven't
1: heard of on our, our lists. Looking forward to the 1970s. Do you think we're going to get a, a 10 out of 10 film in our, our next season?
0: I don't know. Because there are certainly some films that I, that I feel like is I purposely try not to ha- have rewatched these in yes. in, in a s- similar fashion so I can kind of have a fresh perspective. So I purposely haven't watched any of these in probably. For me, it's been probably five or six years. Yeah, like, it's I, been about five or six years for I, some I've, of these because we started talking about this project and I wanted to be fresh because, look, I've been really aching to watch the Heisei era. <laughs> yeah real real bad and I, I, but I but i I want to give as pure a response as possible yeah. to to these, and so part of me is like, you know what, I could see myself being super lenient on two particular movies, but I also don't know what the rest of the world really holds for us. I know there are some weird western movies that come out <laughs> uh, yeah i like I, I don't know,
1: I don't know. I, I think if if there's a a chance, it is going to be a Godzilla movie. As much as I love the the cameras that we have left, I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna hit it yeah quite so much. But yeah, you'll you have to to wait and see. The next season of Kaiju versus History is going to go basically the the first five months of 2023. We're going to be going episodes. Throughout the end of this year, January through May, I think is going to 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 be the next season, which is not as many films, not as many TV projects, but uh, as the 1960s. But still, a, a good deal left in the Showa era. Oh yeah! All right, follow us on Twitter, Kaiju Versus History. Uh, let us know what we missed if uh, if if we left anything majorly out of the 1960s, and check out every single one of our. Scores on Letterboxed in five star format, and and see what we 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 thought about them. Right, that that'll do it for us here. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. And indeed, we're going to be back into the 1970s. More Godzilla, more Gamera. I'm sorry to say, more King Kong and King Kong knockoffs. Miles, <laughs> uh, next season. But yeah, tune in for the start of season three. With a World's Fair inspired Gamera classic as the terrific Terrapin faces off against a new ancient evil in the the year 1970. Tune in next time for History versus Gamera versus Jiger.